Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And this week, we've got some incredible things to tell you. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Uh, This week on the podcast, we've read Animorphs number 27, The Exposed by K.A. Applegate. And I was just about to look it up. Hold on one second. The morphs exposed themselves to us. Gross. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By K.A. Applegate and Laura Badiania Weiss, which I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but I tried. Um, so this is our second ghost-written Animorphs book. It is from a Rachel POV. Anna, what did you think? You know I love my girl Rachel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know this to be true. She always gets into weird shit. This book it had some weird moments. For weird sure. morphs, but I liked it overall. Mm-hmm. I like how it's continuing some threads from the last few books. Mm-hmm. And I like that we also got some Rachel Tobias angst. Very light, but still there. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I would agree overall with your assessment. I think overall, good book. Solid entry. Not not like my top three, but like definitely on the upper half. Um, mm-hmm. I think in terms of the ghost writing, this one was better overall in like terms yeah. of tone. Um. But there were, like you, like you said, some weird moments, especially with character stuff. Specifically, and I'm sure we'll get into this, I found Jake's character in this completely out of left yeah, field. Yeah, time he got angry? Uh-huh. Like, a couple times. It was weird. What's going on with the general? Yeah. it. I, I don't think that... I, I'd be interested to see... Like, I have a list of the ghostwriters, which, incidentally, I'm not really sure where this list came from, but, like, Animorphs, it's pretty acknowledged in the Animorphs fandom that this is the correct list. I don't know how people acquired this because they don't list the ghostwriters' names in the book anywhere. Mm. But I'd be interested to see. I don't want to like click into the books to check each one to do this now, but I want to keep an eye on like which ghostwriters if they stick to a certain POV. Girls writing girls and boys writing boys. Or even just like is uh, Badiania Weiss generally writing the Rachel books, you know? Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which could be a thing. I'm not sure. So we have to keep an eye on that because I feel like if that's the, that might be the case and maybe she just doesn't, she didn't get like a full, as full a breakdown on Jake's character is on Jake's character as someone writing Jake might, you know? Yeah. I I would like the idea um, of different ghostwriters writing the different POVs. I think that it helps a lot with this very like, bland writing style that comes Mm. across at times otherwise when it's all by the same author Mm. not to say that it's like bad but just like you know she has a particular voice and right spunky young teenager i think applegate does differentiate them in her own writing but i agree that i Mm -hmm. think that like maybe and it's not going to be one to one because there's like i think 12 total ghostwriters so obviously it's not like one character one ghostwriter does all of the jake books but if they have like a typical a favorite yeah if, if it tends to be by povs or if it's just hey you're on the roster you're up this month you know yeah yeah keep an eye on that yeah so um this book i i did have a little bit of trouble with it because it is one of my like one of my top five fears interesting uh, in this book which is how deep the ocean is 
I was wondering that because I know that you're not a big fan of the ocean in general. No. I am I am so afraid at the beach that I am going to just go out to sea and no one will hear from me again and I'll get really badly sunburned and then die from dehydration <laughs> or get eaten by a shark. <laughs> uh yeah, I I don't have quite the same fear of the ocean in general, but I do fear the deep ocean, I think. It's too deep. It's too deep. We don't know what's down there. Yeah. Three miles down. The things we do know kids go. are creepy. And yes, they look gross. They, They're, they, they live in no light. Much like me, they look like they've never seen the sun before. <laughs> much like me, their You're skin is translucent. Like translucent yeah. I'm fairly translucent in some places. The you underside of like my arm big... is very fish-like. You don't have, like, a big globe of light hanging from your forehead yet. Not always, but on special occasions. <laughs> in the middle of winter, in the deepest parts of winter, when you need that extra shot of UV. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about this book, then, I guess. Rachel's practicing <laughs> Rachel's practicing some gymnastics when a boy named T.T. <laughs> That is the letter T, period, letter T, period. I'm so glad you were. That's all the information we get. I'm so glad you were as upset by this as I was. Are they his initials? Do they stand like terrible Terrence? What is TT? This is not a name someone wrote on a birth certificate. There There are plenty of people who go by the initials of their first and middle name. My cousin is one of them. Um, but yeah. generally those are different <laughs> initials like yeah. JT or JR or DJ, you know, not TT. TT. Titty. I would call him Titty. I 100% kind of kid I was, was calling him Titty in my head. Titty. <laughs> what up, Titty? <laughs> the Titty's got his sights set on Rachel's titties and he comes up and he asks her on a date. And Rachel is conflicted. Because on one hand, she has Tobias, but on the other hand, she wants to go on a real date with a nice, normal boy who doesn't have to demorph every two hours. But as you know, we've already established Mm -hmm. here on this podcast that her fears are stupid because he can just go to the bathroom and become a hawk and then a human again. Yes. don't have to end the date after the movie, but okay, Rachel. And I also want to come down very harshly in favor of not having dates that last more than two hours for your first date anyway because that's a bad look like not not a bad look but it's like i guess it maybe would be different for rachel and tobias who already know each other so would really just be Mm -hmm. hanging out somewhere you know but like if you're going on a first date like you would be with titty you don't want to commit to something like a movie and dinner because that's gonna that's way too long first off a movie bad first date idea in general because you can't talk through that right so that's like third fourth date sort of stuff first date you want to do coffee or a bar obviously not a bar because Mm -hmm. these are children lunch lunch is always a short meal no because even even lunch you still have to commit to getting the food and sitting down and eating the food coffee you can get the drink and leave if it becomes terrible what if it's at a really cool local sandwich place called pop listen (laughs) how dare you bring that up how dare you bring that up on our podcast (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Every time I see a pot belly, I think of it and I'm like, I should send a picture of this restaurant to M. <laughs> to, for context, there is a time I went out with a guy who told me that he wanted to take me to a really cool, a really cool sandwich place. And it was pot belly. <laughs> and he went there like twice a day. And all of the staff knew him. I mean, maybe he worked there. I don't know. No, he that. did not. He did not. Oh, no. <laughs> that guy's a real titty. That's that's the personification of TT. That was one of the times when I was hoping that I should have made it a coffee date so I could be like, oh, shoot, I forgot about my very important appointment. I need to leave and then never call him again. Instead, I had to sit through basically an hour of him talking about how great the sandwiches were at Potbelly. <laughs> Which, like, it's an assembly line sandwich place. It's nothing. It's nothing. And he also, like, he had other flaws, like, that he tried to explain my major to me, even though he was not in my major. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Potbelly boy will live Pot on Potbelly boy. Live in infamy, Potbelly boy. <laughs> so, Rachel's thinking about these things. But then... Here's here's my thing also. She refers to Tobias as her boyfriend, mm. which like, mm. yeah, you should feel bad about considering going on a date with another boy if you feel like you already have a boyfriend. Rachel, that's a cheat. I, I feel like this was very the kind of issue that happens anytime adults write media for children, which is obviously all media for children is almost <laughs> entirely written by adults. And the issue being... <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. what is so funny about the thing I it said? It was just such like a roundabout way. No, 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 because I haven't gotten to the thing yet. It's even rounder about. I know. It was just funny <laughs> going on that journey with you. Um, <laughs> Reading children written for media by adults, which is all media. All media yeah. for children. Because yeah, children don't write for children. Um, yeah, children don't write for children. But the issue being that, that adults base this off of their experience at that age right so i think this is kind of like a difference in dating that has progressed from perhaps when k.a applegate was a child because at one point she does refer to the or i guess it wouldn't be k.a applegate it would be laura when laura theoretically was a child perhaps they used phrases like tobias and i are going which is what we're the going f- together i don't think they even say together they just she just says going like going with yeah like going with might be what it is so i mean like i think that is kind of a thing from like the 50s and maybe like a little bit later that you could have like multiple boyfriends and it wasn't cheating because there wasn't like like the boyfriend stage was just like oh these are people that i'm dating essentially you know Mm-hmm. Like, cause I've had, I've had older people ask me that, like, oh, how many boyfriends do you have? Which, you know, is not how I live my life on several levels, but <laughs> <laughs> I think what we would like refer to as like people I'm talking to in a yeah, earlier, yeah, in an earlier time would be boyfriends. And maybe it's mm-hmm. a different parlance until now. That exactly. Until they pin you. <laughs> So Rachel doesn't know if she's going steady with Tobias because he hasn't given her some sort of hawk memorabilia right. for her to wear. <laughs> Here's the carcass of a kill. <laughs> Can make a cute little skull pin out of that. 
Here's an owl owl pellet type thing for you to yeah. dissect and put together. <laughs> Pin that to your jacket. It'll keep TT away for sure. Beautiful. <laughs> so she does turn down Titty and she feels guilty about it for the whole book. Because she's like, should I? Shouldn't I? Why should I feel guilty about it? Ooh, I do. It's because you have a boyfriend, Rachel, and you love him. So just whatever. So Rachel decides to go to the mall to shop away her feelings. And there she runs into Cassie. And the two of them run into Eric the Chi. Eric is having some trouble with his hologram, his all-powerful hologram. And also moving. He can't do that either. So they put him in a Spencer's gift <laughs> and pretend like he's merchandise. And Rachel leaves Cassie, the worst liar of the group, to stay behind to watch him instead of calling her boyfriend Jake to come for help. Uh, Rachel goes and calls Jake, o- Jake, o and Mark- Jake and Marco to come help them out. Jaco, the new ship name we didn't know we needed. <laughs> I don't think we want no. it. I think we've established they're not really friends. <laughs> <laughs> this book, I was so like, I was like, this is going to be another one of them dumbass Rachel books. <laughs> Jake ar- arrives at the mall with full-on gorilla Marco. <laughs> and they put on one of those like sandwich board signs. And they're advertising the King Kong versus Godzilla movie, but they accidentally spelled it Godzilla. Or maybe it wasn't an accident and they were trying to avoid copyright infringement. That very well could be. So here comes Gorilla. Everyone's like, wow, that gorilla really looks real. And together, mostly with the help of a gorilla, they carry Eric out of the mall they all get on a bus together, still as a gorilla, <laughs> and take Eric into his home as a gorilla and three human children. <laughs> Y'all are not without Tobias here. You can't. You, your strategies are bad. They're not ideal. And, and you know, because halfway through the book, Rachel's like, "Oh shit! Anyone could have seen us doing that." <laughs> so here's. Here's the thing. I could justify this by being like, well, they had to do something to get Eric out quickly, right? Yeah. Because they couldn't let Eric fall into the wrong hands. That would be bad news bears. But the thing is, there's also a moment during this escapade where Cassie is being, Rachel leaves Cassie and Eric to go call Jake. And Cassie's like, she's like, okay, protect Eric if there's any controllers. And Cassie's like, what if a controller does show up? And Rachel's like, fucking ditch him. You're more important. Who gives a shit if Eric dies? In she said, you're number one. In front of Eric. She looked him in the eye and said that. It Rachel is hard. hard. <laughs> fucking love this girl. She's the only practical one. But with that knowledge, it seems like it wasn't. That, like, they weren't in that much of a time crunch if they were already committed to letting Eric die if need be. Yeah. <laughs> that they maybe could have thought and strategized some more instead of being like, let's just go gorilla on the bus. Rachel's like, I want to go buy some Tommy Hilfiger underwear for him to clothe him. <laughs> Which multiple people had to point out, like, Rachel, he's an android. He didn't need underwear. <laughs> could have put him in any clothes and we could have snuck around. Well, because he bought, un- she bought underwear and pants was the best yeah. part of it. Like... Instead of just being like, I bought boxers, like, real quick, you know, she bought both. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know your parents are rich, Rachel, but come on now. I know that mummy is a lawyer and daddy's on television, but Rachel. <laughs> maybe maybe Tobias can have the undies and he can build a nest. There you go. <laughs> but they also note leaving the mall. I don't know how they figured this out. Who who discovered this? But apparently all of the security cameras went down. Oh, it was on the news. The news reports. All the security cameras at the mall were down. So there was no footage of this happening. And also everyone at the mall seemed really distracted and didn't notice them too much, which Rachel was like, that's weird, but I don't have an explanation for it. So I guess we're just very lucky. <laughs> Dumb children. Anyway, they get Eric home. And his pretend dad is frozen on the couch as well because he's also a chi. And uh, even though they're frozen, they can still talk. So they tell the Bandalites that all of the chi have been affected in this manner, where their technology no longer works. So the Bandalites have to go to the bottom of the ocean and reboot. They basically have to turn turn the modem on and off and on again um, and reboot the chi's internet. Which I think they called it the... Chi-net? How to work. Chi-net, yeah. Which, okay. Cool. So, um, the problem, though, is that the ship, they hit it three miles below sea level in, like, the fucking Mariana Trench or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, they hit it really, really deep underwater. And so the Bandalites don't really have a way to do that <laughs> without dying. And also... There are a couple of chi out in the wild that have hidden themselves as best as they could without their holograms. But one is in an abandoned house that a criminal uses to fence stolen goods and the police are about to raid that house in like 20 minutes. So they have that timeline or they have that um, time limit. Time limit. Thank you. They have that time limit. And then the other is in a nuclear facility and who hid himself in essentially some sort of vault or closet um, and will be discovered at the shift change at 10 p.m. if they don't get it reset by them. So they have two time frames here they're working within. So cool. We have some sort of sense of urgency. Um, the four the four bandalites that are always human, Rachel, Marco, Jake, and Cassie, all rush to this abandoned house. They don't even have time to tell Axe and Tobias about it. But they rush into this abandoned house to save this one android from being captured or discovered by the Yerks. Because apparently there's Yerks, there's criminal Yerks, and there's police officer Yerks. So either way, they need to get this android out of here. Um, they get there. They become a variety of animals, including Rachel's elephant, Jake's rhino. And then they just like get into a huge shootout with everybody. <laughs> And everyone is super duper injured and about to die. But then Axe shows up with a skunk morph and sprays everyone to save the day. We have to stop with the skunk. The, the, skunks are not They're not OP. that big of a deal, you guys. See, I'm saying this and it's going to jinx me and I'm going to get my ass sprayed by a skunk. And it's going to turn out to tomorrow. be really bad. Leaving your leaving your house tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> your way to work. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you are an alien being whose main goal is to take over a planet and you see this really awesome rare android that you think could help you do that, I think you'll, the stink will be like an afterthought. I also feel like if you're a cop trained to 
have a gun and she oh wait what am i saying never mind (laughs) (laughs) don't worry because Tobias also shows up and just grabs a gun and starts shooting yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. Return of Hawkboy with the gun. How does this work? It's anamorph magic. I don't I don't understand at all what's going on in this scene. We've got a skunk that comes in and, and basically ends the fight. And a hawk outside that's shooting everyone. Literal elephant and rhino that couldn't have hidden anywhere in this house. And people are like, wow, there's this whole zoo in there. What are we going to do? At one point, Rachel, like... The the controller who's the criminal that is being about to be arrested, I think, or maybe one of the cop ones. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Uh, she like slam dunks or like she like whacks them with her elephant trunk with the android in it. So like using the android as like brass knuckles, essentially, except for a trunk and like whacks them down like a story or something and they fall to the ground and she's like. Looks like they were still breathing. Too bad. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> she's she's got blood, blood lust. Lust. Laura was like, you know, you know, my favorite thing about Rachel, her willingness to kill, her violent nature. <laughs> and I think, I think the there's a new character later in this book, and maybe, maybe it's Laura's self insert. I don't know. It's certainly my self. I was gonna say, I felt like that character was like us the fandom it listened to our podcast and spoke our words to these characters it was like one of those meta moments where it's like the creator is sick of the fandom taking a certain thing and running with it and is like i'm going to turn a dark mirror on the fandom but then the fandom just loves that thing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you just you hold up the book you're like me yeah you see me (laughs) i know this man is supposed to be evil but he's me but I love him. <laughs> He's mine now, my precious garbage boy. He speaks the truth when no one else will. <laughs> they all escape because, of course, they do. They get they get the android out of there. They all demorph in some parking garage or some bullshit. And then they have to sit down and have a think about how they're going to get to the bottom of the fucking ocean. So Cassie, Cassie says, we need a giant squid. And everyone's like, oh, Cassie, you genius. That's great. Where do we get one? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and they're like, okay, well, is there anything, is there anything we could morph into that would catch a giant squid? And she's like, a sperm whale. They're the only predators of the giant squid other than the giant squid. And they're like, great. Where do we get a, a sperm whale? And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> This is all very, like, a weird rock, paper, scissors situation where it's like, we got to throw sperm whale so that we can get the giant squid. (laughs) And then giant squid beats deep water. But deep water, like, deep water beats sperm whale. Sperm whale beats giant squid. Giant squid, you know? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So Cassie's just throwing out animals and the group's, like, got no way to get those animals. So Jake and Margo go to tell Eric that they cannot do this mission, and everyone else just goes home. They're all bummed out. Can't help the chi. Yerks are probably going to take over the earth, whatever, ever. Uh, and I think, is it at this point, or is it later in the book, where Rachel, like, she, like, tells Tobias, she's like, so I got asked out by Titty today. Um, It's later because it's when they're both sperm whales. 
Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, we'll talk about it here because I didn't talk about that later in my notes. <laughs> and she like taunts him with this information. And Tobias is like, well, what did you say? <laughs> she's like, I said no. And he's like, why? And she's like, well, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> okay. Why did you even bring it up then? I don't know. I felt like this was a relatable sort of like teenage dating thing, right? Of being like, oh, I don't want to be the one to say it first. I don't want to be the one to be like, I didn't, I told him no, because I like you, Tobias. You know, like you don't want to, you're 13. You don't want to tell your hawk boyfriend that. You want your hawk boyfriend to say those mm-hmm. words first. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially Rachel here, her very like, violent domineering nature she didn't want to be the first to cave yeah yeah exactly it's a competition as all relationships are (laughs) all good relationships (laughs) Uh, so there's this weird thing where like tobias doesn't really he doesn't fly into the jealous rage i guess that maybe rachel wanted him to and he also doesn't seem to like mind that's because tobias knows he's got rachel wrapped around his talon he does (laughs) he's like one of those why rachel I don't. I wouldn't blame him. You are a beautiful girl who will one day grow into a beautiful woman. <laughs> Why shouldn't he have asked you out? Of course, Rachel. I don't understand what the problem is. Do you, Rachel? Rachel what is the problem, Rachel. Rachel? This is a little bit Edward Cullen, isn't a it? A little bit. He like he went after. He's like, say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Rachel gets home and she sees on the TV. That a sperm whale has washed up on the beach. And she is immediately suspicious, as she should be. Because it feels like someone did this just for them. They were just talking about a sperm whale, and then a sperm whale randomly washes up on the beach right where they needed it. My assumption was that it was the whales doing it, because as we know, whales are gods. That was what my thinking as right. well, because they are gods. I figured that they like had seen the ship know with their echolocation and we're like we must help because we know everything because we're gods and then one of them beached themselves in order to (laughs) take me take my soul it doesn't matter i'm a god i sacrifice myself and i will be reborn i am the jesus of wales quickly before i suffocate under my own fat you wait (laughs) rachel calls everybody on the phone and she says we gotta go get this whale even though it might be a trap so they do they draw straws to see who gets to become the whale and go underwater. And you know Rachel's chomping at the bit to do something violent and fun. So she gets Tobias to help her cheat. Like, apparently his hawk eyes can allow him to see through people's hands. They draw straws. There's two short straws. Tobias knows where both of the short straws are somehow. <laughs> so Rachel, he tells Rachel where one is. And then he purposefully draws the other short straw. And Jake knows that they cheated, and Jake flies off the handle at Rachel. This was bizarre. It was real out of character. His exact words, like I just, I just want to read this quote. And you guys who have been listening to this series know we dunk on Jake a lot, but he's not a mean dude, right? Like, no, he's real chill. Yes, to to a fault. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens. Jake grabbed my arm and pulled me aside for a private word. Don't you ever do that again, he said, far angrier than I'd suspected. It's your fault Tobias is going. Remember that next time you decide to make fools of the rest of us. What? (laughs) Where the 
fuck did that come from, Jake? <laughs> this was such a weird character choice on every level. Like, the fact that Bizarre. he's mad that Tobias is going doesn't make sense. He's the least close to Tobias out of all of them, I would yeah. say. Like he and granted, Tobias has the sphere of water, but that's because he's gonna he's a hawk. Right. Hawks can't swim. And he's had to do water stuff before. So it's like yeah. it's not out completely outside of the realm of possibility that he would go. Like so it's it's like this it, it's almost like Jake is in a love triangle with Tobias and Rachel now, where he's like in love with Tobias and is like, how dare you make him do this thing you want in which, you know, like that's kind of the vibe, but that doesn't yeah. make sense with anything else. He's only doing it for you. Right. Slut. Right. Exactly. And it's like, why would you care if Tobias is the one to go? Number one. Number two, at that point, everyone else except for Tobias and Jake had drawn straws. So there was a 50 50 shot of it being Tobias anyway. Right. And we also know Tobias is like real hungry to prove himself useful to the team because he's been stuck as a hawk. Right. So it's not out of character for Tobias to want to do this other than, like, protecting Rachel. And if Jake hadn't gone with Draw Straws, which, again, is another instance of him being the leader, making the tough choices, being not that at all. Such tough choices. But if Jake had done his job and picked who was going to go, it would almost certainly have been Rachel as one of them. She already had volunteered and Jake was like, no, we'll make it fair. Right. And it's like, like nobody, why? nobody else particularly wants to go. No one else volunteered. But like, if, if you were picking out people to go on this mission, who would you pick? Right? Like, mm-hmm. Rachel would be my top pick in general. And absolutely. Because we know she's hard as fuck. Right. And then I'd probably put Tobias with her because you know that she, you know he's gonna watch her back like i the only other they work really well together right. and he hates cassie so he wouldn't have gone with her and like the only other option would be like maybe rachel cassie but like if i'm jake and in love with cassie and don't want her to go on a dangerous mission i'm probably not gonna do that anyway so this is stupid Plus, cassie already has a whale yeah. morph, so like shouldn't need another gotta spread out the deep water so this was weird as shit and didn't make any sense it was totally unnecessary, and I don't know, like, where is is that going to be a recurring theme now with Jake? He's just going to fly off the handle now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't want... Uh, I want dark Jake. I don't want mean Jake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. There's a, there's a very... It's a small difference, but an important mm-hmm. one. <laughs> so, at this point, the Yerks have shown up because they are like androids and then i guess sperm whale logical conclusion there is go underwater (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't really understand how the yerks found out about the chi net like i don't know either because the yerks are like the chi are like spying on the yerks and that's yes. like the whole point is they don't know about them. Yeah. So I guess maybe the dude at the end of the book just told him, hey, show up at this time. You might see some vandalites. I don't know. Maybe. But they're there, including brother Tom. Tim. Tim. <laughs> brother <laughs> Timothy. Uh, he um, throws rocks at Tobias. Maybe maybe the... the y- the Yerks, the controllers, were just hanging out at the beach having like a sharing and they just saw yeah, or they, they just saw Tobias. They really just wanted to go see a dead whale. <laughs> They're like, dead whale. 
That seems cool. Let's poke it. <laughs> We're still teenage boys. Let's go look at the whale. Um, they recognize Tobias because you know that's what that's what you should do when you know who your enemy is. Memorize, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he starts throwing rocks at Tobias, and Rachel and the others have to turn into seagulls and act like they're scaring Tobias away from their territory. It's really not a huge issue. They all get they they both get their morph. They all go out into the sea and they and they become their whales. And they search for a long time for a giant squid. I can't imagine they're super common. I can't imagine it would be a simple matter of looking for less than 2 hours to find one, but it is. <laughs> they got that squid sense. You know, like yeah, whales do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how whales work. They got echolocation. I don't know how far that goes. Maybe far enough to and find a squid. They have some sort of echolocation that stuns squids. Yeah. What was that about? That that is know. that real? That can't be real. Well, time, time to Google. Google what animals can do. Can sperm whales? Okay. Do you sperm I'm whales? Sorry, Google autocomplete. Can sperm whales nut? Is the number one auto. Well, mine along those lines is do sperm whales make the ocean salty? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Can sperm whales do like Zubat? <laughs> I guess is my. Do sperm whales use sonar to stun giant squid? This is an actual article on science20.com. Mm. So take from that what you will. I've got one from scienceline.org. Um, it's a hypothesis. Toothed whales do, in fact, make loud noises, but they don't know whether loud noises can stun squid. Hmm. As of 30 years ago. Yeah, that seems <laughs> to be... There's increasingly strong evidence that sperm whales use echolocation to find prey. Hmm. A 2007 study... With the title of Intense Ultrasonic Clicks from Echolocating Tooth Whales Do Not Elicit Anti-Predator Responses or Debilitate the Squid. <laughs> if that's the title of the paper, <laughs> I don't need to read any Apparently this is like a big like theory that has been a thing people have been trying to figure out for a while, which I had no idea. I didn't either. The sperm whale's deadly call, says Smithsonian Magazine. Interesting. Maybe we found a new calling. Sperm whale... Research. We need to see if sperm whales can stun squid. I mean, I'm looking at this, and they've done a lot of tests to try to figure it out, and these smart scientists haven't figured it out, so I can't imagine I could. Well, we've got pluck. That's true. That's what every That's every researcher needs. Yeah. In in the Animorphs universe, they can. Sperm whales do stun squid with their with their sounds. And Tobias is able to incapacitate the squid that is drowning Rachel and bring it to the surface so that everyone can acquire the morph. I hated this part because Rachel is literally drowning <laughs> as a giant whale miles under the, the under the sea. It's terrible. Terrible time for everybody. And mostly me. <laughs> everyone becomes squid. They go underwater. They look for the ship. But the Yerks are also down there. Apparently they've learned how to hone in on the signal from the cheese ship which maybe that's how they figured out the whole thing maybe they just picked up a signal and were like we gotta see what that Mm. signal is we got maybe it's coming from the whale on the beach (laughs) we poked it it wasn't that (laughs) i guess i hope that so this is like 
The signal from the cheese ship, is it a distress signal that's going out or is it just this is the all the time sound it makes? I think it must be the thing that is causing all of them to know because that's just the internet's broken. I don't know. They're just all offline. I guess probably the dude at the end probably just like made a signal go out that the yeah so basically it was it was the dude at the end okay the thing i said is a joke about him just telling the yerks he probably just made a signal go out that he knew the yerks would want to investigate there ah, that's fair sure that sure. works that's how it's gonna happen <laughs> they they are following the signal from the chi ship so the bandalites follow the yerks and stay out of sight as five giant squids swimming together or six however many of these children there are i don't remember six <laughs> probably six unclear though Okay. They get inside the ship first, though, because they have an access code, which is given to them by Eric. Their access code, their super secret password to unlock the ship and get inside to reset the modem is six. The number six. That's it. Here's the thing with this, okay? I should be writing these books because (laughs) (laughs) I assumed when they got the access code, Jake brings it back to them and is like, hey guys, I got the access code from Eric's dad. Uh, ready? Everybody remember it. It's six. And everyone's like, oh, the Chi are so, tr- or the Pemelites are so trusting. The Chi are so trusting, you know? Uh-huh. And I thought what was going to happen is they were going to go there and they were going to realize that there's absolutely no reason the Pemelites or Chi would use the same numerical system as us. And they would be like, oh, fuck, we don't actually know what the access code is because we don't know what a six is for Pemelites. And it would actually be a thing that mattered. But it wasn't. (laughs) But no, somehow, somehow numbers are the same across the galaxy. Sure. Pemelites who came here before humans could read and write right right that's it maybe maybe dogs taught us language that seems like the likely conclusion to draw from this <laughs> at least numbers they at least or taught us chi. numbers i guess it could be the chi influence as well mm, yes they like hanging out with Catherine the great yes exactly <laughs> they were also hanging out in arabia to teach people numbers i guess i don't I know i guess Eric's fucking like, of course, I called her Katie. (laughs) God. (laughs) But she was always great to me. Um, (laughs) They get on board the ship. The ship, the Chi ship is precious and helpful. And I loved everything about this delightful piece of technology. (laughs) It was like Jarvis, but as a cute puppy. (laughs) I want the Chi... No, I want the Pemalite Chronicles because I just feel Ugh. like it would be so cute. So cheerful and full of and kindness. genocide. <laughs> As all yeah, of but all of the Chronicles so end in genocide. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think, yeah, almost across the board. The So far, we've had the Harkbajir Chronicles, which ended in attempted genocide. And we've had the... The Andalite Chronicles, which had like a couple genocide references in it, right? Mm-hmm. So like the Chronicles are real genocide heavy. Lots of taxons were killed, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, the taxons were. There was like so, uh, the some attempt taxons. at taxon genocide in there. Yeah. 
But this this Chi Pemolite ship is like, hello, welcome to the ship. We're so happy to have you. We've created an internal environment to suit your needs. Please, this way, come this way. <laughs> it's just so adorable. The bandlights restore all Chi functions because they know the password and there's six. And the ship is like, I don't think, oh, you know the password. Excuse me. I thought you were idiots, but you're not. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, um... However, a self-destruct sequence begins without any input from anyone. And the entire ship becomes transparent. And the Bandalites can see Visser 3 trying to get in. And Visser 3 can see them. Six squid in a ship. And this is the, I assume, exposed part of the exposed, the title. But here's my complaint about this. Um, (laughs) So when they get into the ship, the ship is like, I'm going to make it possible. They know that when they get into the ship, the ship makes it possible for like basically whatever life form to be in there. So like it makes little bubbles of water for the squids to be in. Mm-hmm. Why would they not have demorphed? <laughs> Why did they question. choose to remain squids? Things that canonically. That's a good question considering they have a time limit. They have a time limit. They have multiple time limits. It would be a lot more helpful if they demorphed and remorphed squids to leave. They also canonically squids, I would say, have no hands, except in this book, there's a mistake where Rachel reaches her hand outside of the bubble of water and it says hand instead of tentacle. So I guess squids have hands in this. Um, it's canon. Which leads me to believe that at one point in the draft, they were like demorphed or something at that point. And then, like, they realized, oh, in order for the thing with Visser 3 seeing them to work, they cannot have demorphed. So the only reason that happens is, again, because of narrative intent, not because it makes sense for the characters to do. And it's very annoying when that happens. Stop doing that. Yes. I do. Yeah. They should have been discovered in this moment. Or it should have been something like, they were demorphed and then they, I don't know, it like was counting down to when the thing would become clear or something, you know, so it was the threat of exposure without it being, they're still squids. Because the chi net is down, so are the environmental systems. (laughs) Yeah. So they have to stay as the squid because it was the first thing that they entered, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Just give me a reason. Give me a reason. Yeah. Don't just make it Something. make no sense. One line of text. Yeah. So there's this tree on the middle of the bridge where they are. The whole ass tree. And this rando appears out of nowhere from behind the tree. And he's the best character in the whole series. His name <laughs> is Drode. And he's like, I was the one who turned off the security cameras at the mall. And I was the one that gave you the sperm whale. I work for Cryic. And now I'm going to tell you all of your faults. Here they are. (laughs) I'm going to read you for filth. All here together, the prune thing mocked. Cassie, the hypocrite. I don't believe in violence, except when I do. Aximile, the pitiful pale shadow of his dead brother. If only you'd insisted on going with Elfangor, maybe he'd have lived. Too bad. And Tobias. <laughs> ah, yes, Tobias. The boy not really so trapped as a bird, eh? But too gutless to resume life as a human. And Rachel, my very favorite animorph. 
That's me. Oh, Drode. <laughs> I love Drode. I know he's a villain. I'm hoping he's... Okay, I'll get to Drode more in serious theories, but yeah. just for now, I love him. He's he's the wild card, so I think I know where your serious theory is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because, yeah. like, we needed... We, we've got the Alamist, who's, I guess, good, and Cryek, who's, I can agree with, evil. Um... Mm-hmm. And then Drode, who's like technically cryic side, evil, but like, hmm. In a very chaotic, neutral way. Chaotic, chaotic boy. You know I love my chaotic boys. <laughs> but cryic, he tells, or no, not cryic, Drode. Drode tells Rachel, we love you so much. And if you kill Jake, who is cryic's mortal enemy for the past like five minutes, you get to come work for us and we will love you. We'll take care of you. We'll give you all the violence you need. Unfortunately, Rachel turns him down. <laughs> Real last Jedi moment here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she turns him down. Whatevs. Rachel and Drode, they could have a real thing. <laughs> no, I have no idea what Drode's age is, so we cannot. Probably inappropriate for a Probably child. he's centuries old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we've asked that question before. <laughs> yeah, I th- that old. I think our, our ruling, though, was that you still have to, the, the person you're romancing, like, once you get to a certain age, it doesn't matter, but they still have to be, like, old enough to be you in a You still can't ro- yeah. fuck kids, You drove. still can't date teenagers. That's one of our hard line. You cannot date teenagers unless you are yourself a teenager. That is a hard yeah. line rule here. Yeah, we do not cross. Drode is like, Either I haven't made the situation impossible to escape, but you just have to figure out how to do it because we're playing by the rules of, you know, we can't directly interfere, blah, blah, blah. And then he disappears. So Rachel, being the best morph, is like, quick, we have to squirt a bunch of ink so that we that we, we can hide behind it and demorph and morph into our predator animals without Visser 3 realizing we're human children. <laughs> so they do that. <laughs> and they fight, fight, fight. <laughs> but then Eric shows up because he works again. In a real deus ex mocking a turn of events, he turns off the self-destruct and the ship takes over and evicts everyone from inside it. <laughs> First, it makes the the Yerks vacate the premises. And I guess instead of sticking around to fight the Bandalites outside of the ship, this or three and the rest of the year, are like, well, darn it. And then they go home. <laughs> yeah, it was a very Microns ending, right? Or Helmicrons. I keep saying Microns. Helmicrons they're ending where like they're Microns. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like the Helmicrons are and there's like a, a standoff and, oh, that's going to de-escalate. It's like, it's not, though. Just wait literally 10 minutes and one of these groups would have the upper hand again. Like, Here's a serious theory. Is Visser 3 secretly a good guy? That would be wild. I would be here for it. It would make a Is lot of Allery sense. coming out? Ooh, I like that. If there's maybe some sort of control issues between the two. Because there is no excuse for this level of incompetence for Visser 3. <laughs> I mean, I think we've talked before about how Visser 3 really is banking on the fact that he has a cool host body to get a lot of his promotions. Truly. He's been riding that meal ticket for a long mm-hmm. time. <laughs> All the way from 27 to 3, baby. 
<laughs> the Yurks go home. And then the ship very nicely also kicks out the Bandalites. It's like, you can't stay here. You've been violent. We don't do violence here in this house. Then the Bandalites go home. And then Eric parks the ship even further down in the ocean where only androids can go. Which, like, okay, but what about spaceships? Also, but what if this exact same thing happens again? Perhaps you should park yeah. it somewhere that something is not you can get to as a failsafe. Here's a thought. Your androids just leave one of you down there. Yeah. What is else cool? are you doing? I mean, cool? well, but they have this whole discussion about how, like, some of them have to do shitty jobs sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. like. They could take turns. They yeah. Could take, and they could, they could, they could bring books. I'm well, sure would that be like a week of not having to do anything but sit around and read and make sure you don't have to reset the modem. I mean, like that was literally several months of my life during this pandemic. It's quarantine. We're all doing it. Quarantine rules, race. baby. TT <laughs> <laughs> asks Rachel out once again, but she gives him like, she's like, fuck off today. And Tobias is like, that's my girl. He she tells him like how many times do I have to say no to you? And I'm pretty sure he calls her a bitch. Because yeah. like he's he it's, it's a word not I've a, never been called before. No, it's a word that she says she's called a lot. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and I yeah. was trying to think like what words it could possibly be that they wouldn't print but would also you know, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was bitch. Like Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. You don't want like ten year olds going around calling each other bitches right they read book 27 of animals <laughs> tobias is like he's right you are a bitch but, I'm <laughs> but you're my around. bitch yeah you're my bitch and that makes you special uh they still haven't admitted they loved each other which is real disappointing because cassie and jake are there but they cassie and jake have not admitted they love each other to each other they've merely kissed and jake has said that love wins about them kissing which implies that they're in love which is yeah. gross they're yeah. 13. Yeah. You need to stop. But also 13-year-olds that are risking their lives on a daily basis. So Look, violence is fine. Romance is bad for teenagers. <laughs> we know this. That's why the rating system works as it does. You can you can gut as many aliens as you want, but you cannot show titty on television. Nope. Not even little TT. Not even a little TT. I hope TT comes back. In I hope so too. I hope he's a year. Stupid one-offs have come back. <laughs> That's this book. That was this book. Who was your most valuable morph this week? It's my girl, right? Of course, of course, of course. And Tobias, as as a package, them together, ultimate morphs cannot be stopped. So beautiful, so majestic. You give it to Rachel. I'll give it to Tobias. That way, there each one gets one. That's fair. <laughs> um, also, alternatively, Jake's anger. <laughs> <laughs> did give us something to talk Jake about at all it's just this other mysterious being that's been been there this whole leftover yerk juice or something i don't <laughs> yeah, know i don't know where that came from weird real weird uh morbid moment i kind of talked about mine already i don't like being underwater <laughs> yeah i think that mine was actually probably the same if you were to qualify it as one specific moment i think it probably was the same as yours which was when rachel is getting dragged down by the squid yes um, because I, as I've said, I am, do not have fears of water the way that you do, but I do have fears of deep water in the sense of like, I actually really like being in the water. 
Don't start doing it. You can't start doing it. You need to stop, Anna. You cannot. You said deep water. What was I supposed to say? I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. (laughs) But I do do think that there's something about, like, the idea of uh, the very, very... See, I'm almost about to say it again. The very, very down there water that, like, like, is extra scary because it's, like, kind of something that I like being turned against me, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, like, the pressure is so intense that you can't stand it. And I hate this idea of, like, Rachel as a whale almost running out of oxygen. Yeah. and And she, like, gives up. But then Cassie's like, no, Rachel, you're, you've only got a few more yards to go. Come come on, keep swimming. And then Rachel's like, oh, I guess I can't die today. <laughs> and then she breaches. So, like, girl was, like, ready to die. These kids are always ready to die. It's a That's problem. <laughs> you need true. a therapist. Especially Rachel. She's like, I gave my life. Rachel and Axe really are, are both up there and the ready to die. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be watched at all times. <laughs> Uh, so serious theories. Let's talk about some. Yes, I think we probably have the same one that Drode is going to Loki it up in here and be... Play both sides. Yeah, play both sides. Maybe turn to the good side at the very end, which would be fun, but certainly be chaotic and... Can't trust him. Can't trust him, but we'll probably... number one. We'll probably say that he's going against Krayak at some point, and is he, isn't he? Who knows? We'll find out. Mm Mm-hmm. He'll probably die a few times, but won't really be dead. Yeah, I'm expecting Drode to be in this book series in a major way, and I, I wanted to come back and talk shit in the next book. And so much, I just want him to be mean to the animorphs more. These, this is not something I say about children usually, but these children need to be bullied <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> especially Cassie. <laughs> Um, my other theory is a continuation on last Animorphs uh, episode theory about Tobias hating Cassie. I think we have further evidence of it in this book. Oh my gosh, lay it on me. Because they have another really great interaction. Um, it's a little bit longer, and I'm going to skip part of it, but it's the scene where they're trying to figure out what animal they should become. Jake sighed. Hey, time marches on, right? We're in a hurry. What are you thinking, Cassie? Calamari, she said with a grin. Snails? I said, frowning. I am not in favor of snails, Axe said. Wait, that's not, Cassie said loudly. And then it goes on where everybody talks about snails for a little bit. Like, excessively. A lot. And then Cassie... It's the comedic relief of this book, but all in one paragraph. And Cassie goes on to say, yeah. Especially since calamari does not mean snail, Cassie pointed out. Escargot means snail. I was talking about... I have an idea. Let's all just stick to speaking English, Tobias grumped. (laughs) And it continues. Squid, Cassie yelled suddenly. The birds in the trees around us fell silent. So did we. Until Tobias said, "Uh uh-uh. Calamari is octopus, not squid. So fucking Tobias knew during this whole conversation. Shut up while you're ahead, Cassie. (laughs) He knew during this whole conversation that everyone was being like that. Everyone was ignoring Cassie's good idea of squid to well, somewhat good idea, and wasn't going to say anything. It was just going to let her dangle out here and look like an idiot. And then he like shuts her. He's like, let's just stick to speaking English, like. It's uh, so brutal. Tobias is 
a murderer of Cassie. To add a new layer to this, though, and maybe this says a lot more about me than it does about Tobias. Calamari is squid, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe he's just 100% fucking with her to make her feel insecure. (laughs) I like this idea of like, here comes this quiet little nerd boy who spent a lot of time as a kid, like probably learning the taxonomy of every animal because he had no friend. (laughs) And he was just like, (laughs) they all take him at face value, even though he's just bullshitting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he just, he just hates her. (laughs) He just can't stand the fact that Cassie is talking. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to make her think. Just going to make her wonder if she was wrong. Or it could be that Tobias is wrong. Or it could be that the author is wrong. These are all options. I refuse for it to be an accident, and I also refuse for Tobias to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. In an unintentional way. (laughs) (laughs) This is not my headcanon. All right, so I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Yes. Um, let me see. Is this episode 100? Uh, this is episode 100. We haven't talked about that at all. I meant to mention it at the top. Hey, guys. Welcome to the 100th episode. Goodbye from the 100th episode of the podcast, actually. Yeah. We we kind of thought about doing something special for our 100th episode, but we couldn't come up with anything. And also, I'm pretty sure on, like, if you look at our, like, any podcast aggregator, it's going to look like this is 101 because we had, like, an announcement episode in there or something. But this is technically episode 100. I think we should just celebrate a random episode and just surprise you guys with something fun one day and you won't expect it. Yeah. Once we come up with that special 100th episode idea. We'll come up with something fun at episode 150 or something. (laughs) I was thinking like 132. (laughs) Okay, that's a little more random. You're right. Uh, (laughs) I I guess since this is episode 100 and we didn't do anything really special for it, let's just take a moment here to thank everyone for listening uh, who has tuned in over the three years that we've been doing this, because I believe it. This it does yeah. also coincide with almost our third year anniversary. Um, so a lot of landmarks in a lot of ways. It's been a, a wild ride, and I've enjoyed sharing it with you, Anna, and you our listeners. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I love you, podcast listeners. Wow. Wow, that's serious. Yeah, I love you the way that Jake and Cassie love each other. That if <laughs> if we were to put a memory of ourselves kissing into another alien race, uh, it would destroy them. <laughs> Violent. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like I love you podcast listeners in the way Tobias love gun in a way that <laughs> doesn't make no, make sense. no sense, but keeps coming up. And it's highly effective. <laughs> oh man so romantic thanks for listening to us yes thank you for listening we are continuing our journey through shelves next week um (laughs) when we will be reading the final book in anna's parallel novels unit which i haven't picked out yet future me will have to record something here and (laughs) can't wait for that will be my generic response (laughs) And then the week after that will be Animorphs number 27, 28, this was 27, number 28, The Experiment, which is an Axe POV. 
Yeah, ready to get back to Axe. Yeah, it's been it's a been while. a little bit neglected lately, I feel like. Just yeah. Just kind of tossed to the side. I feel like I might want to make a chart to see how many anim- how many books everybody's gotten so far, because I feel like it's mm-hmm. not balanced. Yeah, I feel like we definitely get a lot more Jake than anybody else, but maybe that's just because I don't like Jake. Possibly. <laughs> Even the same amount feels like too much Jake. <laughs> In the meantime... If you have any opinions about the Animorph series that you would like to share with us, any uh, scientific breakthroughs on whether or not sperm whale can stun giant squid with echolocation, you can tweet at us at shelfawarecast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. And if it is about the latter, you should probably also talk to some scientists. They want to know. appreciate it. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because otherwise, Drode is going to come to your house and tell you all of your biggest faults in a really sassy way. (laughs) (laughs) And you might like that. I think I would like that. I would want to try and adopt him afterwards. But some people, that might make them sad. (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's okay, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate and Laura Badiania Weiss, two of your hours and seven of your minutes, Axe said. Axe, they're everyone's hours and everyone's minutes, Marco said. My hours are your hours. This is Earth. A minute is a minute. Now we have two of your hours and six of your minutes, Axe said dryly fucking love acts and how this is the hill he's going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just thinking about my really good joke about how incre- <laughs> incredible it is. <laughs>